Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. No more of the mandate nonsense in central Indiana, Marion County, Indianapolis, saying we're done here. I mean, months too late, but uh, better than ever. Is that it? Bars, restaurants, sports venues can operate at full capacity. They're going to recommend masks for non-vaccinated individuals indoors, but they will not require because they have no way of asking. So this is what they have to do. You should note that there's nothing wrong with the recommendation. There is nothing wrong with the recommendation at all, no matter where you're from. Recommendations make perfect sense. What doesn't make perfect sense is the idea of mandates. Now, the mandates never made sense, and I always thought that the governor, Eric Holcomb, was wrong. And I'm sure the governor would say to me, once in a hundred-year pandemic, and you think I'm wrong? Yes, because that's not the role of government. And so many gave up on the very role of government. The mayor, Joe Hogsett, saying of the Indianapolis City County Council, uh, none of you are doctors. That's not an answer. We don't elect doctors to run the city. We elected a mayor to run the city. You get advice from the doctors, and then you make decisions. And the decisions weigh the things. Doctors aren't weighing the things. They're doing the medical thing. Oh, and they're only doing the approved medical thing, meaning that those doctors who disagreed, they got silenced. They got blackballed from, from, from Twitter and from Facebook because they disagreed. Can you imagine telling a doctor they're not allowed on social media because they don't they they refuse to not talk about hydroxychloroquine? That happened in our free society. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, Parlor Instagram, Twitter Tony Katz. Go to TonyKatz.com, get the podcast, support the show. Greatly appreciated. They told doctors you can't talk about hydroxychloroquine. Why not? It worked. It helped people. Why would you stop them from helping people? Because politically, it would be bad. And that's just evil. So many of us have, have discussed this in certain ways, and in ways the, the, the lockdowns and everything else has affected them. And I always point to, for me, April of 2020. I spent the month being done with the radio show and asking myself, what in the world am I doing here? What in the world is this all about? How can I be part of a society that thinks it's rational that you could take a virus and use it as a political tool against one another? We don't just defeat the virus and then move on to the politics? The answer is nope. Every day, get off the air, like, what am I doing? You can't do this for a living, Tony. You will go crazy. You will lose your mind. I, it didn't take me a full month, but it would, uh, on and off in that month, it's like, what do I do? How do I go about this? And the answer that I, I, I came up with, which I think changes over time as I, as I look at it differently and differently, was, uh, well, somebody's got to be honest about these things. I'm not anti-mask, but a mask clearly doesn't stop COVID, and we now have the data to prove it. 
I am now anti-mask. I wasn't before, and I'm anti-mask for the idea of it being forced by anybody. If you want to wear a mask, go right ahead. I'm not going to tell you how to live. I am not going to tell you how to live. Then again, I'm also not going to be Marie Harf over there uh, from Fox saying that, oh, masks uh, uh, on airplanes for forever. Do you think they're going to keep the... Oh, if only I could get my computer to work, I'd be the most dangerous person who ever lived. Do you think they're going to keep the masks on planes for a while? I know you fly a lot, Marie. Do you think they'll keep masks on planes for a while? Look, I'm going to wear a mask on a plane for the rest of my life, even if I don't have to. Planes are gross, I think, just to begin with. What? Um, But I think they will. You're in close quarters. Uh, I'm going to. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to own it. Um, Well, that's good, as long as you're going to own it. You feel free, Marie Harth. I just don't want it mandated. We knew quickly that masks didn't stop COVID, but a mask would stop something by definition. That's why when we get into this conversation about uh, the, the, the variants and people say, oh, well, you're going to have to wear a mask. And Los Angeles is like, you need to wear a mask. No, 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 no. They don't stop COVID. They're not going to stop the variants. This is all fear posturing. And don't worry, they'll bring the fear posturing back to Indiana. Guaranteed your money back. They're going to bring it back to every state across the nation. But meanwhile, we're going to get back to opening. And that means the Indianapolis Colts, they're going to be able to have uh, no restrictions. They're going to be able to get uh, spring, uh, What I call it spring training. Is that, that's not what they call it. Preseason. Their workouts are going to get them done up, up in Westfield at Grand Park. But you're not going to be able to interact with the team, so no autographs. That's, that's the trade-off. Uh to a to an extent, I want to say, okay, if they want to be super safe and they want to create more of a division between the spectator and and the the athlete in in those close quarters, sure, sure. The last thing you want to do is risk a multi billion dollar enterprise. Okay, all right, I I I I I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. I don't think there's any science to it. But a multi-billion dollar franchise isn't going to take the risk. You, you can see, you can, you can rationalize that one in your own head. I really think uh, that, that, that you can. But I'm, I mean, I'm certainly happy for these places that are going to be able to profit again. I think that's really and truly important. But there's some other conversations of growth going on in in the city that that are worthy of, of our attention. And there was this story out of the uh, out of IBJ, Indianapolis Business Journal. And it was a story about how you take the, the former Anthem building there on the circle, and they're looking at taking part of the basement, turning it into parking, so they can entice office and retail tenants to the circle. And I looked at that story and, and I said, that's, that's a very good idea. And the truth is, that's a very important idea. Because a retail circle creates huge promise, huge opportunity. When you take a look at the circle as it is right now, you have the Starbucks and you have Popelli, you've got Rocket Fizz. Then you have to come all the way to where uh, Aubon Pond used to be, which is now, uh, it's a green something or other. 
It's a green something or other, and then they're, they're South Bend, which has been through the thick and the thin right there and crushing it. People really want to spend a lot of money for chocolate. And for the most part, I think they do a very good job, really and, and, and truly do. But you never had the, 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 the retail shopping feel on the circle. You had all the offices of Anthem. You had, uh, you know, past uh, South Bend. It was, it, was, it was office buildings and, and, and the place that sells the glasses. And then on, on, on the, you know, opposite quadrant, it, it's the church, it's the Columbia Club, and it's, it's, it's Salesforce Tower. So you never had that. I think it would be revolutionary to the, to the circle of what retail can bring there now that it's not an office. I clearly can remember there was an indie star piece that talked about forcing the offices out. I was like, you're, you're, all, you're all out of your head. Yeah, you, you have way too much of a belief in what government should be able to do. But this idea of, of converting the basement to parking, therefore having more space and bringing more people to, to come to the circle is all based on the idea of whether or not the circle is safe and whether or not downtown is safe. So when you take a look at this, one should be looking at all of those corporate HQs that we have, all of those corporate offices that have been completely silent about the violence issues in Indianapolis. Another person shot and killed in their car. We allowed an entire night of shooting that involved hotels getting shot up to really go by the wayside. Oh, that happened. Hey, look, the Marion County Fair is here. I have nothing against the Marion County Fair. It's not the story. The story is a violent downtown where people, including visitors, are not safe. Tell me who you're going to rent all those spaces to on the circle. When we take a look at the homeless problem in Indianapolis and we take a look at the panhandling problem in Indianapolis, it's clear that the answer is going to be a private solution, a public-private partnership of some kind. Just like they built the mall in downtown, just like they said, we've got an issue, we need to bring more people downtown, we'll build them all, everybody throw in a couple bucks, we're building this mother. They did that. Indianapolis is known for these incredibly bold strokes from actual leadership that has vision and a willingness to risk it all. All of that is gone. I don't want it to be. But show me where the corporate leaders are. I mean, I can show you how woke they are, but I can't show you any leadership. I cannot show you any public declarations to stopping the crime and stopping the panhandling. I can show you public declarations that say, hey, Republicans in the General Assembly, stop bothering the city of Indianapolis. Don't take over the police. They could write a letter and sign a letter and publish a letter about that, but they can't talk about the violence. Nobody states fix this now. The famous headline from the Indianapolis Star regarding RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which I opposed, by the way. They knew how to take on then-Governor Mike Pence. Oh, oh, absolutely. Clergy knew how to take on that bigot. People getting, not a bigot, people getting killed in Indianapolis day in and day out, and they're all silent. So the people who uh, have got the building there, a monument circle, at 120 Monument Circle, I wonder if they ask themselves, is this worth it? I mean, who's going to rent this? This city is violent and getting worse. 
Why go to Chicago when you've got Indianapolis? In New York, they have people shooting each other in Times Square, broad daylight. Is it really so different? Is it different because we don't have a Sabaro and a big M&M store? Until we confront the issues and the leadership that is failing us, how do we expect growth to occur? Now, some growth is still occurring because these things take time. What we are discussing is leadership to create the better tomorrow. The leadership of today is banking on what other people created yesterday to get them through one more day. You can't live like that. You got to be constantly pushing forward, seeing around corners, doing your best. This is a leadership that does nothing. So while I'm encouraged by the idea of 120 Monument Circle, the former Anthem building, putting in more parking and wanting to bring itself to a retail place and offices, things like that, how can one have faith? How can one believe that they should do this when the city is not with them? The days of of, of talking about this, I mean... For me, they'll they'll continue, but I, I got to admit, for you, they got to be over. The days of action have to begin. You have to be uh, showing up in in the the offices of Joe Hogsett, the the mayor, and showing up at the city county council meetings and demanding a better city, demanding leadership. You have to be saying to yourself, "I no longer vote by party affiliation. I vote by people who get jobs done," and go vote. And that means that candidates have to run that do these things. That would be a note to the Republican Party that abandoned Marion County and abandoned Indianapolis, the capital city, because as long as they have the governor's mansion, who really cares, right? Now, they do have a new uh, chairman of the Marion County GOP. Let's see if they're worth their salt. But they did abandon the city. We'll see if they get their you-know-what on track. You want the better city, you're going to have to stand up for it. You're going to have to demand it. Because if you demand it and the crime gets better, then the things build. And the things that build bring more jobs and the crimes get better. You see how this works? Right now, it's total dependence on growing a city that becomes more and more violent and elected leadership that really has a despise for the business community as they have shown repeatedly over the last year. Now, it's up to you, the citizen. It's up to you, the business owner. Go make your voice heard. Let me know how I can help. I'm Tony Katz. Joe Biden pushing this infrastructure package, flew himself to Wisconsin and had some ice cream. Everyone's very excited about him eating ice cream. Anything that gets him close to eating solid foods again has them super excited. No? No, that's, that's just rude. That's just, I have, no, I have no, uh, no reason to believe the man doesn't eat solid food. Don't be, don't be silly. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good uh, to be with you. But he's doing this thing again where he's just, he's just not being normal. And I don't know why it is, why it's so difficult for him to do so. 
but it is. Harris Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. It's so. It's very so. Joe Biden doing that thing again where he's just going to whisper his plan at you. That's it. Just going to whisper right in your ear. Hey, guys. I think it's time to give ordinary people a tax break. The wealthier are doing fine. I mean it. I mean it. Why is this not a tax break for working folks when the stuff we give to the super wealthy are called tax breaks? I don't know what he's talking about. He's leaning over and he's kind of whispering in. And does he not know how creepy he comes across? You got to stop it. Someone has to direct him. I think he mentioned jobs in in this trip like 400 times, whatever the number was. The argument that I'm making is not, oh, sure, you're making fun of the way he talks. I am saying that he's trying to connect and it doesn't work. Isn't anybody going to notice that this is awkward? When Donald Trump picked a fight when there was no reason to pick a fight, you know what we said here? That's odd. We said the thing. You know, the thing. No one says it. They all act like everything is completely normal. It's not completely normal. We should say so. This is not completely normal. Joe Biden is not completely normal. We should say so. The amount of spending is not normal. The way he addresses the press is not normal. The way he yelled at the press is not normal. None of it. The way his wife has to rescue him from questions is not normal. The way his staff keeps him from answering questions is not normal. It's not normal. The way the press fixates on what ice cream he's eating, as opposed to talking about uh, war movements uh, on the border of, of Iraq and Syria with U.S. troops. Not normal, but we were focused on Joe Biden. It's not normal. That's something worth discussing. I'm Tony Katz. You know, there's a a rule amongst lawyers. I I think it's called the theory of holes. I think that's what it's referred to. And and basically, uh, the rule is stop digging. When you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. 
I heard it applied to lawyers. I think you can apply it to anything. And if, if I'm paraphrasing and not getting the, the quote perfectly right, sue me. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. But I think that's where Gwen Berry finds herself. This, the woman, uh, hammer throw, uh, third place uh, finisher in the U.S. Olympic trials. Or maybe she's not in a hole. Maybe she's exactly where she wants to be. After all, she got sponsorship. She has sponsorship, does Gwen Berry. There's a group called Color of Change, which is an anti-cop group. They absolutely believe in defunding police. They have been sponsoring her, and they coordinated with Puma, the, uh, the athletic brand, to be a sponsor as well. So Gwen Berry, who turned her back on the national anthem, has sponsorship. So she's doing just fine. It could be that Puma learned a great lesson from Nike. Here comes uh, Colin Kaepernick with his anti-cop rhetoric. People are like, how dare you? We're never going to wear anything Nike again. And guys like producer Ari said, don't worry. It's all good. And two days later, the stock price was back up. Because it turns out that the people really buying Nike gear are totally down with Colin Kaepernick. And may very well be down with Gwen Berry. Meanwhile, we don't know if Deanna Price has a sponsor deal. Who's Deanna Price? Deanna Price won the gold medal at the U.S. Olympic trials. She's going to the Olympics as well. So is uh, uh, Brooke Anderson, who went to uh, Northern Arizona University. People talk about Gwen Berry as I did. She came in third place. She's like 20 feet less, 23 feet less than uh, Deanna Price. But Gwen Berry's been a champion before. And it was Deanna Price who was trying to catch up. Deanna Price is four years younger and has put in the effort to be excellent at her craft. So while everyone's focused on the third place finisher who turns her back on the national anthem and wears, puts the t-shirt over her head that says uh, activist athlete or athlete activist, whatever it was. How about let's focus on the winner. Let's see if we can't get her some sponsorship. Why not? A group that's focused on ending policing in America, referring to them all as violent, they can get, they can work out deals and get her money. Deanna Price doesn't have a sponsorship. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how sponsorship works amongst these amateur athletes, but uh, I don't know if you have to be an amateur anymore considering uh, NBA players play, uh, uh, play, play for the national team. So let us take a look at who we should be paying attention to. But Gwen Berry is getting attention. Oh, you're all obsessed with me. No, no, no. They noticed how what you did was ugly. But this isn't the first time she's done it. Gwen Berry has a long history of being opposed to the national anthem and fighting back or whatever other nonsense she says she's doing. Remember that a black woman who makes the Olympics cannot then talk to me about the systemic racism holding her back. That is a different conversation than whether or not America has had policies that were clearly bigoted. You're not going to get me to disagree about redlining. Since there is no redlining happening today, what is the conversation? Well, a conversation could be that because of that redlining, you kept certain people from being able to accumulate wealth. I think that happened to lots of groups, not just people who are black. 
Your argument is that is that there's an answer, a remuneration, and my answer is no, there isn't. When Israel was founded, Jews were displaced from all over the Mediterranean. That's your homeland now. Go. Thrown out of their homes, weren't able to take everything with them. I don't think you're going to get remuneration from those nations. Even though there may have been nations that said, get out. All those Jews did is they got to Israel and they said, is it hot? Does it feel hot to you? It is hot. I did not know it would be this hot. Never got this hot in Brooklyn. Uh, It's... It's Biloxi Blues, people. It's a it's a good movie. Uh, Matthew Broderick, you should see it. And they started a new life. And they said, oh, it's a desert. You know what we need? A bagel place. Boom! They built themselves something out of the desert. So this is where I, I, I disagree. The idea that there has to be some level of, of remuneration. That's not, that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is that we are the nation that creates a more perfect union, better than any other nation at doing exactly that. I can point to you bigotry and hate in any populace going back to the beginning of time. And it's not going to go away. They're going to hate Gwen Berry because she's black, and they're going to hate me because I'm Jewish, and they're going to hate producer Ari because he's producer Ari. This is just going to happen. And not with everybody. But unfortunately, it's going to happen. And you have to decide the life you want to lead. Color of Change wants to do away with policing, calling it an all-violent institution, when of course that's not true. But never let uh, the truth stand in in the way of, of trying to go after people. But in all of the talk, Gwen Berry's now saying something different. Well, you know, uh, the Star Spangled Banner is really disrespectful. Why is the Star Spangled Banner disrespectful? Because you know that third verse. I'm here to tell you, people don't know the third verse, but the minute I heard that, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're back to this conversation. The third verse of the Star Spangled Banner And where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country, should leave us no more? Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hiring and slave from the fight, from the terror of flight, or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. If you listen to the Gwen Berries... This is clearly a bigoted, bigoted paragraph. However, when we went out to introduce ourselves to the crowd, coincidentally, the national anthem was playing and they asked us to stand on the podium and then the anthem played. In that moment, I feel like it was a setup because I was those were not the directions. That was not the intent. The intent was we would be introduced to the crowd either before or after the singing of the national anthem. Mm-hmm. In which if we had that option or if I knew that I was going to be on the podium, I would have chose something else. I don't know what you would have chosen on that something else. I'm not I'm not sure what, what that even means you would have chose something else. But sure. 
But you're making the point that it's obvious that the third paragraph speaks of slavery. I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. All I said was I respect my people enough to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank, period. So let's get to this idea that the national anthem disrespects them. This idea that the Star Spangled Banner is racist for two lines. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hiring and slave. Hireling, H-I-R-E-L-I-N-G. Hireling and slave from the terror of the flight. From the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. So what does that actually mean? We went through this. Articles from CNN going back to 2018, National Review going back to 2017. By the way, I think that line, their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution, I think that's actually been removed from the National Anthem. I got to double check that one. The very concept of the word slave in there, different than, than hireling. Hireling, uh, if if I have it right, based on uh, on the research, uh, goes to a a conversation of professional British troops paid to 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 fight for 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 the king. Slave, however, had its own connotation of then, and if you're not looking at the the the. Uh, Star-Spangled Banner, through the connotation of then, then there's no possible way for you to have the conversation honestly. The idea of the hireling can also be thought of as uh, the core of colonial marines free persons of color who had formerly been slaves who were now fighting for the british slave was also used as an epithet hurled at people of uh, any and all colors of nationalities and conditions of servitude or otherwise it gets noted by the people in national review that shakespeare used the word 180 times in his works So we have a definition for hireling, and we have a definition to slave. In relationship to the time period, there's also a conversation that the pairing of these two words is not accidental, that they are used specifically as epithets towards the British not towards people who are black. The argument made by Gwen Berry on this idea that the national anthem is therefore bigoted does not hold up to a single level of scrutiny. And we've been through this story. You can choose that it's about slavery, or you could choose to do just a bit of research 
and come to a rational conclusion that it is not. I put forth to you that the Star Spangled Banner is in no way racist. And it's not racist because she wants it to be. And to deny that there is historical context for the questions uh, that that are, are, are laid within and to dismiss them is to decide that radicalness reigns. The radical mind is more valuable to you than the rational one. I could not disagree more. And the person who chooses the radical mind versus the rational mind, well, they cannot be a friend of mine. You're allowed to think that it it, it says something. But do you even take a second to look at the evidence against and maybe uh, temper your view? But I think there's something else to be said for what Gwen Berry has stated. And it's the idea of, well, people. I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. All I said was I respect my people enough to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank, period. Who are your people? You don't mean Americans, you mean black people. And when you make the distinction of I love my people, first, there are a couple of guys from Charlottesville who feel the same way. Don't look at me. Whoa, 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 whoa. You keep yourself calm. All I did was notice the connectivity between the sentiment. You getting mad at me for that? I'm not the one who said it. What are you getting angry at me for? All I did was point out the reality. I didn't realize that was so wrong. You're not representing a nation. You're representing a segment of the nation. Maybe that in and of itself should lead someone to ask why you want to go to the Olympics. You don't love all people. You're not even giving a shot to all people. You're doing it for your people, thus creating a a, a, a separation, a nay, a segregation. Oh, there's a, oh, it's like an onion. It's got layers. We're going to need more time on this. I'm Tony Katz. Sixteen is the death toll from the condo in Florida, and this is going to get a lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse. Uh, The president, first lady, going to Surfside, Florida on Thursday. Uh, I would argue that's actually the right thing to do. Uh, They they simply simply are not able to move through this rubble fast enough, and I have heard nothing. That makes me think they don't have the time, the dollars, the people, the resources. This is just a nearly impossible task. A building collapsed straight down on itself, then collapses down again. Who knows how deep it went? 
You have unstable land, a tremendous amount of water. You've got fires underneath, smoldering. It's, it, it, it is worse than I think we understand. Kids are missing, parents are missing, people are waiting. And I know that that I think it was uh, Chuck Todd over at NBC was asking the mayor of Surfside, uh, when do you uh, call this a uh, recovery as opposed to a rescue? And the mayor's like, I- I'm not. I'm not interested in even entertaining that conversation. We're going to keep doing our job. We're going to keep trying to find people, which is the only answer. And as people talk about infrastructure, the question asked, and it got it got put out there, that maybe there were payoffs from the building owners and maybe uh, the, the people doing inspections overlooked things. You got to get us answers. There, I guarantee you there's not a building department in the United States not going over bu- buildings right now. Double checking and rechecking. It's going to be ugly. It's, I mean, it is ugly. It's going to get worse. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com and get everything and support the show. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.